Welcome to the Coastal Community Church Midweek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Shayla McCormick, and I will be your host. My husband, TJ, and I are the lead pastors of Coastal Community Church, a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything is possible. In this podcast, our goal is to bring the weekend message to life and to share stories that help you along in your faith journey. Let's get started. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Coastal Midweek Podcast. I am here with TJ and Nicole. They actually closed out this past weekend in the final week of what series are we in? It was called Built to Last. Built to Last. <laughs> it was, you should know this. I know, yeah, I you know. should totally know the name of the series. It was, It. I loved it because I think you closed it out on a perfect note about your health. Because I really do think if, if we're going to be built to last in this life, whether it's relationally, spiritually, any of those things, like we have to be taking care of our physical body. And so thank you, Nicole, for coming back. Nicole is the owner and founder of Healthy Steps Nutrition and one of my good friends. So glad you're back here today. All right, TJ, why don't you kick us off with some some questions? Okay. So Nicole, we had a fun weekend this past weekend talking about health. We talked a lot about nutrition and and really we were talking about how do we feed our body? You know, we, we had two aspects. How do we care for our body? And how do we feed our body? Since you're the expert when it comes to nutrition with 40,000 clients throughout the world, you know, <laughs> hundreds upon hundreds of gyms using your, your, your system and information to create a healthier lifestyle. I, I just want to start by just talking about the fact that, you know, our bodies have been designed by God to somewhat heal themselves. And why don't you talk a little bit about that, especially when it comes to our nutrition and what that looks like for us? No, I think we are so used to the quick fix. And when something's wrong, we go straight to a doctor to get some medicine. And the problem with that is those medicines cause more side effects and cause more side effects. And we never really get to the root cause of, hey, why do I feel this certain Mm -hmm. way? And going back to my history with, with nutrition and dietetics, I was working in a hospital for a long time and I hated that side of healthcare. I would go in and tell someone how to manage their diabetes for five minutes. And the truth is people need more support than that. There's so much misinformation out there about nutrition and health, and it's confusing for a lot of people. And when we look at the big picture with nutrition, we just need to start with the basics and focus on one habit at a time, which going back to the beginning of the series, that's what you were talking about. Like we just need to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so with that, you know, in one of the services, we didn't get to talk about this in every service. <laughs> you talked about um, a couple of things. You, you talked about the fact that people are pre-diabetic. Yep. Um, and I want to know how, what percent, you guys probably shared this, but what percent of people are pre-diabetic? So one out of every three people. Oh my gosh. Are pre-diabetic. So 33% of people that are listening to this podcast are pre-diabetic. And 25% of those people do not know. Mm. which if you think about it, most people don't get their blood work checked regularly. Yeah. And they don't know because you you can't feel when your blood sugar is high or low unless Mm -hmm. it's really high or really low. And when you look at people who are diagnosed with diabetes, their blood sugar has been going the wrong way for quite some time. This thing doesn't happen overnight. When you look at chronic disease, it doesn't happen overnight. It's decisions that compound years after years. And then finally you find yourself in this place of, 
man, I'm really struggling and now I have to be on medications mm-hmm. or I have a debilitating issue that now it's impacting the rest of my life. When you look at chronic disease, 60% of our population has one chronic disease, which means you are required to you know, have oversight from a doctor. So mm-hmm. things like diabetes, hypertension, kidney disease. And the fact of it all is that it's reversible which is really cool. If you start focusing on your nutrition and exercise and sleep, all stress management, your numbers can go in the opposite direction. Like you don't have to go down the path that, that you're going down. I think that was the whole talk between, you know, you, Justin and I over the weekend, we were just saying like, Hey, you might be where you're at right now, but you can go in a different direction Mm -hmm. if you make intentional decisions to go that way. Yep. One of the things that we talked about on Saturday, and unfortunately, I did it. We every have, every service was so different. It was like you almost had to attend every service <laughs> because they all, everybody just kind of went a different direction, and I just rolled with it. And I was have like, a okay. whole <laughs> new respect for you to like keeping the message consistent because it, it totally <laughs> went in a different direction every time. But the interesting thing on Saturday night, we talked a little bit about diabetes and blood sugar control. And my husband and I did a continuous glucose monitoring experiment. Basically we punched this little stamp in our arm and people asked me afterwards, like, Nicole, did it hurt? Nope. It didn't hurt at all. It was like Mm -hmm. a little tube that stayed in our arm, um, for, it was about two weeks that it stayed in and it would constantly read our blood sugar. So we could see it would go to our phone, see after everything that we ate, how much is our blood sugar going up? How long is it going up? When does it, you know, go back down? What happens at night if we eat certain foods later at night? And it was super interesting to see because it it truly does impact your quality of sleep, your mood. There's so many things that go into it, but most of us don't even connect how we feel with what we eat. Yeah. When you guys were actually doing that experiment, you know, I I was watching you guys do it and we would show up at the gym and you were sharing about some of the stuff you ate. And I actually just through your experience was like, oh my gosh, the reason I didn't sleep good last night is because I had ice cream late at night. And then I was like, I'm up all night, but because my body is working overtime, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I can't sleep. It's super interesting. So my husband always struggled with sleep and he just thought that was the way he was because he worked for the fire department for the longest time and they don't have the best sleeping schedule. Mm -hmm. But then when he was doing it, he would realize when he ate a bunch of cookies at night, he, it would really impact his sleep. And then it got to the point of like, okay, I care more about sleeping and waking up refreshed and feeling good the next day than I do about having four cookies at night. And he doesn't eat that stuff at night. If anything, mm-hmm. right now, he'll have like a perfect bar or he'll even like snack on some vegetables sometimes if you want something. Yep. But it's amazing how really finding out the numbers and quantifying the data, mm-hmm. how that impacts the decisions you make. No, I mean, I, I we were just telling you before this, we had just come back from out of town. Shayla was out of town. I flew out Sunday after our services and we were at a party and, you know, just traveling. And, and sometimes it's hard to... And I, and I ate um Well, we a just roll. come off the fast where you've been yeah. super consistent, consistent in what you're eating or not eating in your case. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and normally I'm not a person that eats like a lot of uh processed like flour, that kind of stuff. Like I, I pretty much stay gluten free the majority of the time just because gluten automatically like gives me love handles. I mean, it just like goes right on. I think it does that for everybody. <laughs> well, me especially. I'm I'm predisposed predispositioned to 
just let gluten hang on my body. Uh, I don't know if that's actually accurate or not, but I'm going to go with it. So, so, but I ate like, I ate an English muffin and I ate, um, a roll at this place, a sourdough roll. And it made me like, I ended up with my, I was so sick Mm -hmm. just from the intake of food in, in my body. And we were talking about it, like how just something so simple of a change in my diet, Mm -hmm. uh, messes with my entire life. And we were talking about the fact that most people don't even know that that's impacting them because they're just. Well, they're tired all the time yeah, or whatever, but they just think, well, that's just, just how that's I am. Is. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing when you start eating really well, mm-hmm. it's like positive reinforcement. You want to keep doing it because you know, if you were to eat something bad, you're not going to feel good after. Yeah. I mean, I'm super careful, especially when I have trainings in the afternoon, what I have for lunch, Mm -hmm. because I know if I have something that's not good for lunch, I'm going to be super tired and not show up my best for work in the afternoon. And that's, that's really important to me. If I'm doing a virtual training, like I need to be on. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think it's really interesting when you start correlating those things, it, you start caring more about Mm -hmm. the decisions of, okay, what do I want later instead of what do I want now? Yeah. Yeah. The thing about food is, is instant gratification, right? Like you eat something and then you feel great for a second. And then a couple hours later, you might not feel good, mm-hmm. but most people don't even correlate those, those things. Yeah. yeah. One of, one of the things I know that I've appreciated in even taking control of my own health. And one of the reasons, you know, I came to see Nicole in the very beginning is because I had some hormonal things that were way out of whack in my thyroid and all of this stuff. And she sat down with me and I think you guys talked about the plate method a little bit over the weekend this weekend, but I, and maybe Nicole, you can recap, you know, what the plate method was. But when I went into this meeting with Nicole, I thought to myself, man, I'm just going to have to change everything. And this is going to be so hard. And I like food and I'm going to have to give everything (laughs) up. And, you know, I'm just going in with that mentality. But when I sat down with you, what I realized and how you, and how you present the plate method and what you really do to help people become successful, isn't really that hard. I walked away going, I don't have to restrict a whole lot from, you know, my diet. I can still choose what I eat. I just need my plate to look a little bit differently and to choose how I eat it differently. I think so many people, when they think about changing their diet or Mm -hmm. eating healthy, they automatically think like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to have broccoli, cauliflower, or broccoli, chicken, and rice. And like, that's all I can eat. And it's super boring. And they get these negative connotations and then that makes them not want to do that and then go eat the pizza and wings. Mm-hmm. Right. But I if you like that, <laughs> pizza and wings aren't on the plate method, <laughs> you know, once in a while, have a treat once in a while, but then let's move on. Uh, so one of the cool things that you can do is really just look at your plate. Do you have vegetables? Mm-hmm. You know, half of your plate should be vegetables, quarter protein, quarter starch. And the cool thing when you eat that way, no matter where you go, if you're at a party yep. or if you're out to dinner, like you can still eat that way. I mean, people think, you know, as a dietitian, like, oh, Nicole, you eat every single thing at home. No, Jason and I eat, mm-hmm. go to Big Bear almost every single Sunday afterwards and we get the same exact yep. thing. <laughs> um, salmon with cauliflower and broccoli and it's super delicious, but it, I know that I'm eating vegetables. I'm having yep. a great source of protein and and it tastes really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Oh, okay, I, I've just got to stop you there yep. because the cauliflower, <laughs> mashed potatoes, I don't, I don't, I don't know what your taste buds <laughs> taste like, <laughs> but that does not taste good. I'm just letting you. I will agree with everything, but that. <laughs> well, it's okay. It's not that it tastes good. Nicole just compared it one time to real mashed potatoes and said it tasted the same. And 
I had to disagree with that. However, <laughs> however, I did go a few weeks ago with a mentality of the plate method and decided in lieu of mashed potatoes, I'm going to get the cauliflower mashed potatoes and they were a good substitute. So they were, they were so great though. They taste delicious. They did. They did. And I know that I'm going to feel better not yes. having a bunch of starchy stuff yep. on, on my plate. And when you think about going out to eat, portion sizes are so mm -hmm. much bigger than yep. we really need. Yep. The plates are huge at mm -hmm. Big Bear compared to normal yes. size. We're picking up Big Bear now, but that's place yeah. we've all gone to eat. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you look at the portion control, which I think one of the reasons why so many people are struggling with yeah. obesity and being overweight mm -hmm. is because we overconsume processed carbohydrates and sugar. Yeah. And going back to, you know, the continuous glucose monitoring experiment, there's sugar in almost everything. And when you eat it, like we were talking on, on Saturday about, okay, what were the things that were the best in that continuous glucose monitoring experiment? Yeah. And what were the things that were the worst? And the surprising thing to almost everyone that was watching that experiment is the number one thing that was considered the worst, mm -hmm. like the program that we used rated the food that you eat. Yeah. So zero to 10 and the food that got the zero was something that is marketed as healthy, mm -hmm. right? Like people go to a store and they get this thing thinking that it's a really great yeah. option. Yep. But the problem is there's so much sugar in there and it's not balanced with protein mm -hmm. and fat that your blood sugar just goes up. It's an acai bowl. Yep. And it was funny after you just got everybody mad at you. Yeah. So every so, Brazilian was like, I no, don't like not even this Brazilians. Idea. I was I used to love acai bowls. I won't even touch them now. Yeah. Well, it's funny because my husband afterwards was like, Nicole, you need to spe specify if you say that again that on Sunday, that it's the American acai, yes. not the like raw acai mm -hmm. that doesn't have any added sugar. But one of the services, someone came up to me and said, Nicole, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, okay, what, what's going on? He said, I was approached to sell acai and I tried it and it was so gross that I couldn't sell it. And I was like, why, why was it? Why didn't you like it? And he said, cause it wasn't sweet. Mm. Like yeah. he's so used to having a lot of sugar. He's like the regular one that's loaded with sugar. You know, I, I can sell that all day. It's really sweet, but it's not that great for you. There's a yep. lot of added sugar in there. The regular one is not sweet at all. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting when you start really, and one of the things that we do with people, and I challenge every listener to to do this, is turn over the packages that you are consuming and look at what's inside of them. Because most people don't realize how much added sugar is in something. Is it balanced? Does it have protein? Does it have carbs? Does yeah. it have fat? And if it doesn't, if you're just eating a bunch of carbohydrates, what happens is your blood sugar goes up, then it crashes down, mm -hmm. and you don't feel satisfied and full for very long. Yeah. One of the reasons why we focus on the plate method is because it, when you eat that way, you have a balance of protein, carbs, and fat, which helps you stay satisfied, helps stabilize your blood sugar, and it's going to help you reach the goals that you have. Mm -hmm. Would it, you know, in in reading a lot about health and nutrition, one of the things that that gets left out a lot is is this idea of drinking water. Most of the time, when people are hungry. It's not actually that you're hungry; it's that you're thirsty. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you would just drink a glass of water, you would find that those cravings or those desires would would go away. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's not something we talked about at all this weekend. We didn't. That's true. So, water is a struggle for a lot of people, yeah. myself included. Like, if I don't have a bottle of water in front of me all day with a straw, I probably will forget to drink. Mm -hmm. As you're drinking some water right now, <laughs> dang it, I don't have my water bottle. Um, 
so water does a lot of things in the body. Number one, it helps regulate your body temperature. It also helps lubricate your joints, also helps with metabolism. So you need it to be able to break down fat, to be able to convert fat to glucose for energy. Um, it it's it's there's so many things that water does in the body, yeah. right? And most people do not drink enough water. And instead they're drinking sugar sweetened beverages. Yep. Or they're going to Starbucks and get the latte with 60 grams of sugar in there. Oh man, I I'll never forget. I used to drink a white chocolate mocha, a venti white chocolate mocha from Starbucks, like two or three times a day when two, I was two to three. Well, That's I was also why he was, was like 200, 300, whatever, whatever pounds he was <laughs> until somebody showed me that every single one of those drinks was like a thousand calories. Mm-hmm. And that was the day that I switched to black coffee. <laughs> it's so interesting. Like when I met my husband, he would go to Dunkin' Donuts and he would get an extra light and extra sh- sweet mm. coffee with hazelnut syrup in there. Like the amount of sugar mm-hmm. and you could, it would come in the car and you could just smell the sugar. <laughs> I'm like, Jason, this is definitely not good for you. And then that's all he would have before he would work out doing CrossFit workouts for a while. And then finally I'm like, hey, why don't you just try having this instead? Like, let's see how you feel mm-hmm. this way. And then he started realizing, oh man, I feel better when I don't have that much yeah. sugar before my my workout. You know, I think a lot of Starbucks is one of the the places that they market. And this is what's so frustrating to me. They'll make like the, the unicorn drinks or like mm-hmm. all these other drinks that are marketed towards kids yeah. that are loaded with sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes a battle with parents oh, well, I don't want to have a fight with my kid in line. So I'm going to get them the the unicorn drink that has 75 grams of sugar in it, mm-hmm. like more than a kid would ever need in a day, right? And yeah. we wonder why so many kids are struggling with weight issues or, you know, looking at as they get older, why do they have fatty livers and why are they mm-hmm. type two diabetic? It, it comes down to all this, the behaviors that happen every single day that you're feeding your kids, yeah. not the best way. Well, it, I, I think too, maybe- maybe even talking about some some practical things as far as like, you know, packing a kid's lunch. What yeah. can parents put in there? Because I know that I've struggled before. Like, you know, we talk about processed foods and all of this stuff. Like, well, what is a good replacement for some of those things? What am I looking for? You know, when I'm... I think that's a great question. So I'll, I packed the kids' lunches this morning. So I'll tell you what they had in there. They had cut up peppers with avocado smash, like little, the guacamole little mm-hmm. ser- single servings, which they love to dip the peppers in yep. that. They had some berries. They had a sandwich and they had a Greek yogurt. And Cooper had some like popcorn, the lesser evil popcorn, which yeah. is just like popcorn and coconut oil. But they have a very balanced lunch. They have protein. They had in the sandwich that they had, they had uh, some fat in the guacamole. They had vegetables, they had fruit, and they had a little bit more protein in the Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, like, let's say Greek yogurt for yeah. that's a yep. a great one that tricks so many people. They think, oh, I, I'm getting Greek yogurt and Nicole said it was healthier. That's that's the best option out of the millions of yogurts that are mm-hmm. in Publix. <laughs> there's so many there options. There are. It's so overwhelming. That's why I'm, yeah. There's there's so many hard. options. Mm-hmm. And you look like, oh, it says Greek yogurt. That's great. And you don't take a second to look at the back. But let's say we got the Chobani flip one mm-hmm. and it has like 30 grams of sugar mm-hmm. in the flip one, which is not the, the best yeah. option. Yeah. For us, but so you're says, looking at the sugars that are in it. I'm looking at the sugar mm-hmm. for sure. And if it has some fat in it, fine. 
Like people, yeah. I think so many people are scared of having some fat because they think it's going to make them fat. Yeah. Like I will tell you, I thought that, yeah. you know, yeah. in undergrad and in high well, school. Because it got pushed for so long in the eighties and nineties, like mm -hmm. fat free, fat free, fat. Free. I mean, I remember growing up, yeah. you know, Lay's potato chips, oh, fat free. Mm -hmm. You know, they pushed that mm -hmm. mentality. It's really so, the sugar that creates the- <laughs> Yeah, but, but, but we're, because we're so yeah. uneducated, we just, we see that and think, oh, this is fat free. It's good for me. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that if they're taking out fat, which is a stabilizer, and also it makes things taste good, they're putting something else in there, either either artificial or they're adding sugar to to make it taste good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to have fat in your diet. You need fat to be able to absorb fat-soluble vitamins. You also need fat because it helps keep you full mm -hmm. longer. Mm -hmm. Like we want to have fat in our diet. It's just the most calorically dense macronutrient, meaning there's the most calories in a small amount. So we don't need a bunch right. of it. We need a little. Um, so when we look at the Greek yogurt, we want to have protein. We want to have some carbohydrates mm -hmm. and we don't want to have a ton of added sugar. Yep. You know, realistically, if it has under eight grams of added sugar, that's a good option. Most people don't, can't equate. Okay. If it says there's 16 grams of sugar in here, 16 grams of added sugar, what does that mean in teaspoons? Mm -hmm. Well, there's four grams of sugar in every teaspoon. So if we look at a can of soda that has like 60 grams of sugar in there, 60 divided by four, wow. like 20 something teaspoons of sugar in one can. Wow. It's actually 15, but that's okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not good with math. I don't have a calculator in front of me. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, I, but I mean, can you imagine taking, you know, Ugh. a spoon and, and just taking 15 bites of sugar? Ugh. You know, and some of the services that I I brought up that, no. that con container mm -hmm. of sugar, I mean, the average American consumes 150 pounds of sugar per year. No wonder why we all feel terrible. It, it's true. Mm -hmm. Like sugar causes inflammation. Yep. It's addicting. So we wonder why we we don't feel good and we ha we're on this trajectory of chronic disease and it's we're over consuming processed yeah. carbohydrates and sugar. And the thing is, is it's your brain loves it. I mean, some studies show that it's more addicting than a lot of drugs. No, no, no. I mean, they they literally did a study on Oreo cookies mm -hmm. and they it had the same reactions in the brain as crack cocaine. Yep. It's it's more addicting. Yeah, I mean it, it's crazy. I agree because because <laughs> I like Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> well, but there's a reason. I, I I was reading a book and they talked about the the fact that the food industry, their whole experimentation is they're trying to figure out how do I get you to consume as much of this mm -hmm. as possible. So I'm gonna not just find a formula that you go, oh, this tastes good. It's like no, that you crave this, mm -hmm. and so they're doing everything within their it's. It's not because they care about you. It's because they want to make money. Well, so the service that I, I listened to the 9 a.m. service, I think I was out of town. And so I joined online this weekend and um, I just lost my train of thought. It That's was okay. Something about, okay. Oh, I know what it was. Um, Nicole, you talked about like when you're starting out and trying to get your nutrition under control, trying to get your health under control, mm -hmm. that you start start by adding good things, not by trying to eliminate so many things. And so I think even as we're talking about this, it's not like we're sitting here going, you have to get rid of all this stuff, but start adding some good Besides things. Besides Oreos, you might want to get rid of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to go at some point. But, you know, I think that's a 
a step in the right direction. So there are three principles that we focus on at Healthy Steps Nutrition with new clients. And the first one is adding more whole foods in. Mm-hmm. And I joked about this during during the most of the services, but I don't mean going to whole foods. I mean, let's look at the perimeter of the grocery store and let's add more vegetables in. Let's add a little bit more fruit in and, and load up our plate with that first and yeah. eat that first. Yes. Because what happens is, is if you start cutting down the amount of, let's say rice or pasta, and you eat that first, you're you're not going to be as satisfied because you're not having as much as you're used to. But if you eat a bunch of vegetables first, fill up your stomach with that, then go to the protein, mm-hmm. fill up your stomach with that, drinking water, you're going to be more satisfied with the amount of starch that you have on your plate. And when people start doing that, they, they're like, oh, Nicole, this, I didn't feel deprived. I, I felt, I felt satisfied. Yep. And I stayed full longer. Yeah. Like, I don't know of anyone who wants to eat healthy and feel hungry all the time. Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't want to feel hungry all the time. No, it's not fun. So let's figure out a way that we can add more foods Mm -hmm. in to our, into our regular routine so that we feel satisfied. I I think a lot of times people eat so fast. This is another problem. We didn't talk on the weekend. TJ, listen up. This is my problem. (laughs) Let's not talk about this one. (laughs) We eat so fast. Our brain is 15 minutes behind our belly. So if we think about that, if we eat really fast, we're not even going to know, like our brain isn't even going to signal to our stomach's Mm. not going to signal to our brain that, hey, you're full, stop eating. But I'm sure we all have been to a restaurant where we've eaten really fast or Thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. We eat all this food and then you're done. You're like, oh man, I should have stopped after that first plate. Yep. But you don't give yourself time to really be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So slowing down, like actually chewing your food. I mean, we did an experiment with um, a group of of athletes that we were working with. We're like, okay, eat a, a bite and then chew it at least twelve times. You it's so hard. It is so difficult because you don't realize you chew like because I've, I've I've done it like. Chew, chew, swallow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally three or four chews, and then I'm swallowing. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm not breaking, like, I'm making my body break it down rather than my mouth. And the thing is, when you chew it really well, and your mouth starts secreting these enzymes that help break the food down, it actually is going to help your whole body and your digest, digestive system. Mm. But we end up going really fast, and then we end up over-consuming because our brain hasn't caught up to our belly, which is a... Huge problem. I mean, if you think about why people are struggling with weight issues, processed carbohydrates and overconsumption of food. Yep. And when you look at diets out there, there's one thing that every diet that has people see results has in common. You are restricting the amount of calories that you have. Yeah. And how restrictive you go is correlated mostly, most of the time, with how quickly you lose weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem is, is when you lose weight really fast – like if you fast for a long time, <laughs> you end up losing muscle that you work mm-hmm. really hard for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you there's very few ways you can lose like 22 pounds <laughs> in 21 days. Okay, like I, I have another. Eating. I have another question. <laughs> we're, we're redirected here. <laughs> I have another question because it's almost our time's almost up. But I think I, I probably and you might hear a lot of parents say this is my kids don't like vegetables mm-hmm. or I don't like vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, how, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you help kids and families introduce some of that into the, what are some ways that they can do that? 
funny. We just recorded a podcast on Nutrition Made Simple yesterday with Amanda awesome. about this on like modeling as a parent. Good. And so everybody go to Nicole's <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Tell them the name of your podcast. Nutrition Made Simple. That's right. I haven't figured out when that one's getting released yet. It's, but it'll it, get released anyways, soon. they'll get great stuff out of it anyways. <laughs> it's great practical tips. So. Um, so as a parent, and we talked about this in quite a few of the services, your responsibility is to model the behaviors you yeah. want for your kids. Mm -hmm. And so many times I've had parents call me and say, hey, my kid is struggling with weight. You need to help them. Like, I need you to help my kid. Yeah. Jason even had a call today with someone that yeah. said, hey, my daughter needs some help and I need you to help her. Well, your daughter doesn't go to the grocery store. Your daughter's not buying mm. the food. Yeah. Your daughter's not driving to through the drive through. And if you have all of these options in front of them, of course, they are going to eat them. And yep. remember what we were talking about a few minutes ago, they're super addicting. Yep. So, you know, what, what can you do? Well, the first thing that you can do as a parent is start modeling the behavior you want mm -hmm. for your kid before you even focus on them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let them see you eating vegetables. Yes. Try cooking them different ways. I mean, I grew up having steamed vegetables every single day and I will not eat a steamed vegetable today. <laughs> they're, I don't like it. I think they're mushy and gross. Yeah. But if I roast a vegetable with mm. a little bit of avocado oil and some garlic pepper and salt pepper, it, it tastes really good. Yeah. Or put it in the air fryer yeah. and that makes the, everything taste delicious, nice and crispy. <laughs> so, you know, start trying different things mm -hmm. for yourself. Let them see you. Yeah. And then slowly they'll start wanting to do it too. There are other things like the egg muffin recipe on our website. You mm -hmm. can add a bunch of different chopped up vegetables in there. Let your kids pick out the vegetables that yeah. they want to to have. Um, I think there's a lot of things that you can do as a parent to model a behavior and then slowly incorporate them into the conversation. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we do with kids is Friday try day. So mm -hmm. you make it a game and you make it fun and then don't reward them with food, which is what so many parents do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let them make a little chart and okay, week one, we're going to try, you pick whatever food you want to try. Mm -hmm. And then you can talk to me and write down, okay, what, what did the texture look like? What did the flavor look like? And then give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And I don't really care if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down to me, that's irrelevant. I care that you're trying new yeah. foods consistently. Yeah. When you look at the research, it takes 12 times to try something mm -hmm. before you know if you really like it or not. Mm -hmm. And what happens most of the time is parents will give their kid something one time and then they say, oh, I don't like it. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then we never revisit it. Mm -hmm. But if we didn't like it steamed, we might like it in the air fryer, yep. right? So let's try a different preparation method or put something on it that they do like. Like, could you add a little bit of cheese to something? Okay, that's a familiar sure. thing. And I think another thing when trying new foods is you don't need to put a bunch on the plate. Mm -hmm. Like it, that's intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah. Like just put a spoonful on there. Yeah. When our kids were little, we would have them eat the vegetables first before anything else went mm -hmm. on their plate. Mm -hmm. like if you have a plate of food and something new on there, yep. something green that looks yucky, of course, kids aren't going to eat everything else first and then say they're full. <laughs> like That's normal. Why not have the vegetable bite or two first mm -hmm. and then go to the other foods and maybe they will like it. Yeah. yeah. I actually saw this with Alexander not too long ago. We had him over to our house and, you know, I'm not familiar because he's with his dad most of the time. And so, you know, I'm trying to feed him good things or, and um, so I'm, this dumb mom move, I guess. I was like, do you want some broccoli? No, broccoli's <laughs> yucky. But I put broccoli on my plate and TJ's plate and we start we started eating our food and he's like, mommy, I want some. And so he started eating it and he was like, oh, yummy, you know, but 
if you ask them, of course they're going to say no, but they see you modeling it. Yep. And then, yeah. yeah. The other thing that I think is, is important because not, you know, most of us in our day, in our culture, we live in extreme, extreme days. So like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to do this. It's, it's, it's all or nothing. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know you, you live by like an 80, 20 principle or you, you, that that's the goal. Yep. So, so talk a little bit about that. Like how 80% of the time it's like really good. And then you, you have some some fun in there. Yeah. You know, I think one of our nutrition coaches actually was, I had her on a podcast and she said, Nicole, one of the things I work with clients is I never had like never miss two rules. So if you have a lunch, that's not good. Okay. Go back to the plate method for dinner. Mm -hmm. Like never have two meals consistently that are not following the plan. Cause yeah. what ends up happening with a lot of people is they'll have a bad, let's say they go out to brunch and they go hard for brunch. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they have a bad dinner and then the next day they don't feel good. They end up having another bad meal and it turns into a bad weekend and then it rolls into the week and then a month. And then you you're down this path, yeah. right. Which happens to so many people. Well, could we make sure that if we have something, okay, plan for it. No, like, Hey, I'm going to cold stone and I'm going to have a small ice cream. Me and my husband are going to split it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to move on and go back to the the eating routine that, that I, that we Sorry, have. Sorry, if I'm going to Colston, I'm eating my own ice cream. <laughs> Shayla can go get her own too. <laughs> Me and my husband split ours, which is, I don't know. Yeah. Goals. Goals. <laughs> Goals. We're not there yet. We're not that level of discipline yet. Well, the thing is, is, you know, I know how I'm going to sleep if we eat yep. in the afternoon. I know it's not going to help me sleep well. Yeah. And I care a lot about my sleep. Um, so when you think about staying consistent. One of the things I ask clients when we're talking about, okay, what's one thing that you can commit to? Do you feel 80% confident that you're going to be at least 80% of the time you are going to be able to do this thing? Yeah. And if they don't say yes, okay, we're remapping what the plan is for the next week, two weeks, because if you're not doing something consistently, you're not going to see results. Yeah. yeah. And what happens so many times is people do really well during the week and then they go off on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And when you add up the weekend, Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, it's like 40% yeah. of the week. Mm -hmm. So I, I think what most people need to do is, you know, go more consistently and and don't do the, you know, two meals off right. plan, like get back on track. And I think the other thing is your mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you have this mindset of like, oh man, I cheated, I just did terrible, and then you go down this rabbit hole, you're gonna feel super guilty, and yep. then you're gonna go down the rabbit hole of, okay, it doesn't matter, I'm just gonna keep going down this rabbit hole. Versus, hey, I'm gonna have a treat, and I'm gonna move on. I'm going to this party, I'm gonna have something that I don't normally have, and that's okay, and then I'm gonna move on. Yeah. 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 What, what? we we're like close to the end of time, unless I know, you but just don't care. You just I just don't care. Okay, so, okay. so that's kind of how it works. Health is important. It's it's important. People need to hear this. Because stuff. I think, I, you know, we have such unrealistic expectations when it comes to, especially if we go, well, I'm going to eat healthy, then we expect to see crazy results. Yep. And can you just talk about like <laughs> the, the reality of what, you know, healthy weight loss looks like? Yep. And creating realistic expectations rather than these, the magazines that we see. I think that's a super important topic because so many people fail because they don't see results right away. Yeah. And we are brainwashed to think if we eat a good meal, then we should start seeing results immediately. Yeah. And that's just not how it works, right? Um, realistic weight loss, one pound per week of fat, one pound. 
Like that's not that much. 1% body fat per month is realistic. And I don't recommend just weighing yourself, especially if you start exercising too, because muscle weighs more than fat. So if you start changing your body composition and the scale doesn't necessarily move, but you're losing fat and gaining muscle, you could get really frustrated and say, man, this isn't working. And to be honest, we bought an in-body machine before we opened the gym. And it took me almost a year to convince my husband that we needed to spend $6,000 on a scale. (laughs) But I'm so glad that we did because it shows you water weight and muscle mass and body fat percentage so people can see, okay, yes, all of these things are, are trending in the right direction. If you don't have that type of scale, do measurements too. Inches fall off so much faster than mm-hmm. body fat percentage. Yeah. So if you're, you know, put a tape measure around your belly button and see how many inches it is and measure that once a month and see, take pictures uh, just for yourself so that you can see, you know, the progress changing success leads to motivation. Mm-hmm. So you have to find the win somewhere to keep you on the right track of continuing to, to move the needle forward. I mentioned this in some of the some of the services, but not all of them. When you look at people who are the most successful, they just focus on one thing at a time. If you focus on one habit at a time, yeah. you're 80% successful to maintain that one habit over the course of a year or two years. Mm. But if you focus on two things, it drops down to 30%. And three things, which is most people's diet culture, right? Like let's change all the things. It's less than 5% success rate. Wow. So no wonder people struggle with maintaining weight loss. It's, it's because they don't have these realistic expectations and they're not tracking progress. And the other huge piece of this that we, we talked a lot about over the weekend, but not here at all is the support system, Mm -hmm. right? Like, is your spouse on board? Are the people that you spend the most time with on board? Like think about something that we do with clients is an inner circle inventory. Who are the five people you spend the most time with? Are they positively or negatively impacting your progress towards your goals? And it might be time to find people that are going to be more positive and move them closer and replace someone that it's not a positive influence. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are wanting to, you know, st- not go to the, to the brewery every weekend, mm-hmm. you know, you probably need to find friends that aren't asking you to go to the brewery every weekend, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Like find some friends that want you to go to the gym with them instead. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's really important that people set themselves up for success. One of the things we do on our podcast is interview people who've lost a hundred, 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to every single one of those people, they all tell me that their support system was the biggest key to success. Not the coach. Like, yes, having a coach is, is great, but it's the other people that you yeah. surround yourself with. You have to have that accountability. Yeah. 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 Oh, now, now you're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think as we, as we close out today, you know, I think, again, just going back to the theme of the weekend and the heart of the weekend is to realize like we all have this purpose in life that God created for each and every one of us in order to accomplish that, like our physical health is going to be something that we have to focus on and that we have to make a priority for our kids, for the generations to come and that they see us, you know, modeling those good behaviors. And I know for me personally in my own life, you know, Nicole's helped me a ton to establish some good habits and behaviors when it comes to my health or my fitness. And I think she's got some great tools and resources that can help a lot of people. And what one of the things I appreciate about it most is she makes it easy and she makes it 
fit for every single person and every single lifestyle to meet their goals. And so Nicole, just real quick, as we close out, I'd love for you to share maybe how people can connect with you. Maybe they want nutrition coaching or, you know, I mean, you shared your podcast, but just how can they get in touch with you and those things or connect with, with what you're doing? Um, well, thank you. And yes. I, you've definitely helped me a ton too <laughs> in my spiritual journey. So we're accountability buddies for, for each other. That's right. Um, so our website, healthystepsnutrition.com is a great place to find free recipes. We have the podcast, there's blogs, there's a ton of free help on there. Um, if you want nutrition coaching, you can apply for coaching right on Mm -hmm. there. Um, following us on social media, healthy steps nutrition is another great thing. We add tips to our social Mm -hmm. media all the time. And there is a nutrition made simple Facebook group that we add a ton of tips on there. I'm all about giving free help. Like there's no secrets. I want, I feel like my mission in life is to help people get healthy so that they can fulfill God's purpose in their life. Yep. So I'm all about whatever help that we can provide people. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that about you. So thank you. Thank you for taking time to be with us this weekend. Thank you and sharing just your knowledge and wisdom and your heart and for being back here again for 45 minutes with us talking (laughs) on the podcast. Um, Well, I hope that you guys are inspired and motivated. And I hope that, you know, you take one step closer to changing something about your health and and fitness routine and that you're implementing something new just through what you've heard throughout this weekend. And so hopefully you guys have an amazing week and that we see you back here next week. 